1: You have to believe that you can do something that nobody else has done. And somehow that concept has to become reality. Somebody's
0: got to make a play to stop this draft. That last one, in fact, again, they push the pile for the first. And the pass is picked off. It's picked off by David Harris, who gets away from Brady. What a turn of events. Now being chased out by Trappler at the 10-yard line. Suddenly, the Jets' defense responds when it looks like the Patriots were ready to drive it
1: down the field. Third and seven, time. You're listening to No Fly Zone Radio with Victor Green. Welcome to the No Fly Zone
0: Radio Show. All the way from across the pond, here are your hosts. Biff Sweeney and Richard Tindley. Welcome to No Fly Zone Radio. This is episode number 178. I'm your host, Biff Sweeney, joined here by my good friend and draft tech analyst, Rich Tinley. How is it going, Rich?
1: Yeah, all good, Ian. Um, interesting weekend uh, with the playoffs now. Uh, some good results. like uh, this weekend should be pretty pretty good too, Uh Obviously, lots of rumours with the Jets and things like that too. Uh, We'll be starting, we'll be maybe looking at what players we'd be liking to bring back and things like that too, or if there's any negotiations happening. And then obviously, the coaching moves, I suppose, with the Jets as well. Offensive coordinators required and a couple of others. So I'm sure, yeah, we'll probably have a bit of a chat about all of that.
0: Yeah, Um, we'll start off with the coordinators. Jets are after bringing in some coordinators for uh, interviews. Um, I have a list here though, of some names. Um, you've got Kevin Petulo from the Eagles. You've got Nick Callie, Kelly, the Patriots tight end coach. Um, you've Daryl Bevel from the Dolphins. Um, he's he's uh, refused the job already. You've got Marcus Brady, former Colts offensive coordinator, and uh, Hackett is another name that dropped today that the Jets are looking into interview. Now, to be honest, none of them, none of them um, coordinators tall jump out to me. To, none of them, like Daryl Beville. I know he's got a Super Bowl ring, but like that, he's absolutely really nothing when it came to offensive coordinator, he's bounced around the league uh, you've got Nick Kelly Kelly from the Patriots tight end uh, he's never called a play in his life he's never really been anything on the Titans coordinator for the Pats and he's uh, I've never really seen a, a Patriots Tight end really improved to be anything stellar unless you want to talk about Gronk, but Gronk was a freak. He could I think he could have he could have done it anything he was that good. Um Hackett, he was alright with uh, Green Bay, he was shite with Denver as a head coach. Um Petulio, I don't really know him. So what's your thoughts on that group, Rich?
1: Yeah, kind of with you for the most part um, a very uninspiring list if I'm being honest Um, I guess probably there's a guy, San Francisco maybe uh, I would kind of like to see us have a look at Uh, I think he was uh, the QB coach and I think he's been touted around, has been pretty good so yeah um, he was probably one person off the list that I'd like to see on it but, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that uh, a few people are just refusing to even interview for the job. I think the guy from Miami, like, even refused to be interviewed for it, uh, put himself out of contention straight away. So, look, uh, you know, for me personally, I think <clears throat> letting the floor explore other opportunities as they put or, or fire them, whichever it was, uh, was the wrong decision. And, you know, like... People automatically think we're going to get a better guy in. I actually think he was probably one of the best up and coming young offensive coordinators in the league. Like when we were sitting at seven and two or seven and three, whatever it was, uh, you know, he was been spoken about as been like looked at by other bigger and better teams. So, you know, we went from that when we were doing good to like fire the guy or let him explore other opportunities. I think that was a mistake and. You know that list to me kind of confirms it. Yeah, well, for me, Rich, I said it
0: this year, said it last year, said it at the start of uh, Salah's tenure as Jets head coach. His biggest mistake was he came in with too many rookie coaches. Um, there wasn't enough vet, well-known coaches. Like you can't really blame Mc, um, uh, McFlurry because he's. Um, he's going to take the job um, as a rookie offensive coordinator. But like that, there's nobody behind him. Like, Calabrese was, he's the offensive or the QB's coach. Like, he's done nothing for me. Like, Zach Wilson was picked number two, two years ago by the Jets in the draft. And he's never really took a step forward. He's actually took steps backwards since he was drafted by the Jets. And that's what I was afraid of with rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie uh, QB coach. Now, the only thing is, like Ulrich, the DC, he's improved. So, that's one good thing if you want to look at it that way. But, for me, looking at it, the one guy I want is Olsen. He's uh, he's with the, the Rams at the moment. And, if you look at his career, he's worked with rookie quarterbacks and improved them. He's worked with vets and improved them. He's worked twice with Carr and, he's ha- and Carr's had his best career performances, career years under Olson as OC. Blake Bortles with the Jaguars, his best year was under Greg Olson as well. So if the Jets are looking to bring in uh, the likes of Carr, they'd want to have a guy like uh, Greg Olson in as their OC. That's that's the only way I think they can entice him as uh,
1: the quarterback. Uh, well, I would have know be honest. You know, you know my, you know me. It's uh, all about the cap hit, not what stats the fella puts up. But Carr yeah, doesn't it, to I too far too expensive cap, in a cap hit to win. Uh, And I think, in terms of like the floor, as regards saying, like, you're right, like, Wilson hasn't improved, but he had in some aspects, like, in terms of like, uh, he he realized as regards throwing the ball away as opposed to interceptions, as interceptions, he learned a lot about that. But also, I suppose, uh, what what kind of not taken into account is a the head coach kind of lost a good few weeks and an opportunity to be teaching him when uh, he was out injured. So, you know, uh, again, that could have been valuable time that he could have been using on the field and could have made a big difference. So, yeah, it's, again, like, I don't like to kind of use the word, but it just kind of seems like the start of another one of the Jets kind of clusterfucks where they... Are we, like, getting the OC here to develop a young guy or are we getting a new quarterback here that's expensive so the OC is kind of irrelevant? You know what I mean? Like, those are kind of the questions I'm asking. I'm wondering, like, what's happening with, with the organisation. And, yeah, like, Olson would be probably a, a good hire regardless of who we have at quarterback. But, yeah, I'm sure he's a better offensive coordinator than what Mike floor could have been. You know, like... We act like that the O line hasn't been an issue. We act like, uh, you know, you can get all your passes off. All the plays that you designed is going to work when you've got two seconds instead of the required three and a half. You, you know, like there's lots of things that go into that that I think just goes over Jet fans heads to be fair. And they wanted him fired like they, they wanted Zach Wilson <laughs> sit and win. He was winning, and we were winning, and we go on, and I think we go one and six for the remainder of the season with the guys the Jet fans wanted in place of them, and they still kind of feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the New York Jets, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, just going back to the quarterback, the the vet comment from yourself, um, Woody came out last week and said, look, they're they're going to spend money. On a vet quarterback to come in a top vet quarterback to come in now if you're going to look at Lamar Jackson because it looks like he wants out of Baltimore big time um, they're going to have to come up with at least two first round picks plus to get him in then they're going to have to give him at least 40 million per year guaranteed money which is going to kill him on the cap because at the moment going into and. T- uh, 2023, Jets have two and a half million cap space before they make any cuts. Unlike next year, they've got 112 cap space.
1: Many players have to sign but next, uh, next season. Uh, for next season. Because uh, 112 sounds a lot, but if you put 25 guys to find, then it's not that much, you yeah. know. Yeah. See, biggest mistake I think um, Joe Douglas made
0: last March. Was he signed the likes of Tom, Tomlinson on an absolute massive um, deal? Like he's owed if he's still on the contract, if he's still on the Jets roster this season, he's owed seventeen
1: million. That's if you. He's not, not. He's owed eighteen. So you know what I mean. If we cut him, it's it's eighteen yeah. million of dead money. Yeah, and then you've got.
0: Uh, The tight end Um, What's his face from Cincinnati Hansen. Oh it's Hansen. CJ Uzama Yeah he's on a big cap hit as
1: well Like he's on yeah. a, a, In around 11 I think Same with Whitehead and DJ Reed. Like all the free agent signings we've made He's on 10 and a half Last summer on 10 and, like... yeah, 10 and a half Yeah like, 10 and a half year
0: Lakin's on 17 and a
1: 14 um. See a few CJ Mosley's on 21 and a half mm. He's the one contract that's kind of looking at stopping us from competing next year. It's the only bad cap hit we have. Like yeah. I went through the AFC and the amount of teams that have bad cap hits that I feel can't compete next year because of them. Like it does a lot. Raxton Berry is on over eight million.
0: Jordan Whitehead is on just over ten million. Now, yeah. I go. I go through these players now. Uh, a few players here listed out. Um, you've got left tackle Brown. He's on over eleven million. Okay, if the Jets cut him before June first, they'll get six, just over six million. And they'll have f- nearly 5 million dead money. If they cut them after the June 1st, they'll get nearly 10 million back. And then they'll have dead money is 1.5 million. Dead money if released post June is nearly 5 million. Uh, Corey Davis. um He's just over eleven million. If you cut him now, you'll get back ten and a half million. Lawson is on nearly sixteen million. If you cut him now, you'll save fifteen and a half. Jordan Whitehead is on over just over ten million. If you cut him now, you'll save just over seven. If you cut him, um, yeah, and you'll have. Nearly
1: three million dead cap. then barriers is... all of these all of these cuts in but I, like I'm even looking at Corey Davis well yeah I would cut them too but like the question when I like I asked myself is kind of how much is it gonna cost to replace them you know what I mean because like yeah we're opening up cap space of ten million there with Corey Davis which obviously gives us more but we also have now another hole that we need to fill in yeah. and, and See, you know. So it's not big, cheap. The <laughs> Biggest reason why I cut Davis
0: is availability. He
1: hasn't played a full season yet. Oh, I, I agree. Like, but I'm just saying, like, if you look at what Corey Davis is, which is kind of a number two guy, and he's getting paid 11.1 million next year, and you've got Brex and Barrios at 8.2, you know, like, uh. There's only kind of one guy that I'm cutting if, if the option is to uh, save him money. Like, personally, I would probably cut both, but I'm just kind of making the point. How much then do we speculate replacing these guys, you know, because that's not going to come cheap. No.
0: Well, Barrios
1: is just over £8 million if you cut him. Mm-hmm.
0: Before June or any time, you'll save £5 million. Um... And Thompson 17. Uh, if you released him post June or 7, just over
1: 14 million. Uh, you say a vaping date, and that's kind of what I would be doing with, with yeah. Tomlinson, to be fair. Azuma, you've got cap number is just over the 10 mark. If you cut
0: him. Now you'll save just over 1 million. If you cut him. That's, a, that's 1 million extra. Yeah, and post. so like that. Pre, Pre-June, the dead money is going to be 11.5 million. If it's post-June, it's going to be uh, right. uh post-June, post-June. Dead money is going to be 9. So you can't really cut him.
1: Well, that's kind of a little bit the same where like
0: CJ Mosley
1: you can't cut him. Franklin Myers Well he's on twelve and a half. If you cook CJ Mosley post June, you save seventeen million. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. Yeah, when, sorry. What 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 are you gonna spend it on that, at post June fourth? Do you know what I mean? Like free agency exactly. is kind of over at that stage, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um
0: then you've got John Franklin Myers is twelve and a half million. If you release him pre June it's just over seven. If you release him post June it's eight hundred thousand. So he'll be still on board. So mm.
1: I don't know. I think i have a feeling when you go through the, when you go through what you're cutting, like those guys you can't like Tomlinson, you can't like anybody basically that you signed last off season with kind of the exception of Berrios and um let me just check it, Tyler Conklin, although yeah you can cut post June he's a three point one save and he's a one point four pre June. So yeah, like he's not worth cutting. You're looking at Davis and Carl Lawson are kind of the two guys that yeah. opens up a lot of cap space there that various as well is another five. Yeah. You've got CJ Mosey at six, but yeah, like he's a seventeen million uh cap saving post June for us. Now I'd look to try and maybe get his cap figure this year down to a more manageable fourteen or fifteen yeah. million, maybe just and kind of open up cap space that way. Cause I do think he's a a good player, but at twenty-one point five million, he's far too expensive. You know?
0: I'm just wondering if the Jets in round one drafted a tackle. Okay, you've got Becton coming back. You've got, mm-hmm. and seemingly there's good, good. There's good talk about uh, Becton at the moment. Um, looking well. Um, you've got Maxwell, Max as well. He's due to come back. So they might look at the tackle position post-June and they could end up cutting Brown. Um, Lawson, I think, might get cut. Whitehead, question mark. I'd say they could look into redoing his um, contract because they don't really have a decent safety on, on board at the moment. Braxton Barrios, so I think they'll cut. Bryce Hall, May i feel feeling they might cut Bryce Hall and they might cut Brennan Mann because Mann at the moment hasn't played well since his rookie season. And there's no sign of uh, Bryce Hall getting a look in. Even though you mentioned last week you wouldn't mind seeing
1: him being tried out with pre-safety. Yeah, yeah like, I think yeah, he's got yeah, the, the intangibles uh, for sure. So, yeah, I'd like to give him a look out uh, at free safety because he does seem to be, be behind a lot of quality players now on, at the cornerback position. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're, looking, like you're looking to extend Huff.
0: You're looking to extend Quinn and Williams. you need cap. If you're going to bring in a veteran quarterback, you're going to
1: need cap as well. So players are going to get caught. Well, there's two things. The last two things you said are two things that I wouldn't do. What's that? I wouldn't bring in a vet quarterback, and and I wouldn't extend Quinn and Williams. Well, that sounds like what they're doing is bringing in a vet.
0: And it sounds like they're going to extend Quinn and
1: Williams as well. Like, for me, it's kind of a, a typical kind of Jets thing to do. Like they look at the playoffs and see six of the seven teams have got young, cheap quarterbacks and the Jets' solution to their problems is bring in an old, expensive guy. That kind of sounds about as New York Jets as it gets, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, but see, the biggest problem though with the Jets, Salah has a team there. He's got a defence there, he's got the makings of an offence, an offensive line to come back from injury. He can add to the offence. like So can Joe uh, Joe Douglas, but the problem is they're running out of time. When he's back, they're going to bring in a bet to to extend their, their lifespan as the Jets brass, if you get me, where they still, it sounds like they're still going to hold on to Zach because he was number two overall pick. But I have a feeling this year, depends on what to do with the quarterback position, depends what picks they have, I have a feeling later on in the draft they're going to, they're going to draft the quarterback.
1: So if, uh, if, if the front office is now, instead of uh, building a team to win a Super Bowl, they're building a team to save their jobs. Yeah. What makes you think they're doing the right things, Ian?
0: Um, at the moment, i I don't see, I don't see it. I think they're trying to save, you know, prolong, prolong their lifespan as just brass at the moment.
1: Yeah, but that's probably only because they have a a, a head or um, and if- an owner. Excuse me, that doesn't understand. Like you know what I mean? You get a vocal bit of the fan base that don't realise that the fans that we will win and and they call to be benched. And then on their recommendation, they basically threw in the rest of the season. And like our owner still thinks these fellas know what they're talking about. Exactly. The mind boggles. <laughs> exactly. Deli- That's the life of a Jeff fan.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Shit. Um... You know, like I, I look at, like Ian, what, what we have, like, you know, like we have a fan base that thinks that we're a win-now team. I encourage our fan base to look at a replay of the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. They're a win-now team and spot the difference to us. Because for me to be a win-now team like we think we are, we have to dominate in the trenches and we haven't dominated in the trenches on offense in over a decade. You know, so like I don't know where this stuff is coming from. We're, like, You look at the teams even that got ahead of us in the playoff this year. You've got Cincinnati, you've got L.A., you've got Miami, you've got the Ravens, all young quarterbacks, all a couple of years ahead of us in terms of where the team has been developed. Like, I mean, we are this year where Miami are last year. You know, where we are this year, where the Chargers kind of were last year. And they didn't panic and they didn't go, oh, crap, we sh- we should be better. They had the understanding that, yeah, that's probably right where we are. We, we couldn't really build a team in one year that's going to overtake these guys that finished ahead of us. But if we keep, I suppose, building the roster and keeping and sticking to the plan that we're using, then I don't see, like what the panic is, the only panic is coming from Jet fans. And because Woody Johnson listens to them, then there's a bit of a panic, you know, and media, of course, obviously has a huge, hand in that too, like I feel with regards to like creating narratives, they want to like get clicks and they think, oh, spending 50 million on Lamar Jackson is a, a smart bit of business for any team. When, you know, The reality is that's a franchise-killing move by anybody that does that.
0: See, the worst thing with Lamar Jackson is he's never won a playoff game. He's never finished out a full season either. Uh,
1: Like Patrick uh, Mahomes on 50 million is a franchise killer. Not just, you know, Jackson because he he hasn't done this. Super Bowl winners, like Russell Wilson on 50 million, franchise killer. You know, you pick any quarterback that has won a Super Bowl, put them on 50 million. Million cap and have a look at what a team with a rookie's getting for that 50 million, and you'll see why them guys are absolute franchise killers. Okay, yeah, 10 minutes. What would your plan be? Yeah, uh, my plan, like I would obviously try and keep Quinn and Williams for another year and trade them uh, rather than pay them a big contract that's up, going to be over 20 million a year. I'd hopefully get a couple of first round draft picks the same kind of deal we got for Adams. Uh, I, I would look at maybe bringing b- back White a quarterback. Um I would look at maybe somebody like Bridgewater or, or Mayfield to kind of come in and compete with White as the number one. You have either a cheap number one. Either way, you've got a half-decent backup either way. And if you want to keep going with Wilson, you give him a year to sit on the bench. And then you've got him in position to then see what he can do as fortio. But if I was doing it, if I could get us the same kind of a trade deal that I got for Sam Darnold, I, I, I'd i still go at White and, and Mayfield, but I'd, I'd draft a new rookie this year to sit up. Yeah, well, You know, that, that's kind of what I would do. I'd like to see Can, can like a new guy develop because, you know, If Wilson even walks out, he's entering kind of the last year of his rookie deal when we find out because he's not going to play year three if all goes well. So he'll be coming in year four, where you have to decide before that whether you're gonna give the fifth year option. And then like year four is basically the end of his cheap year. So that's the end of what he's useful for at this franchise. So uh, I don't see like a huge reason to keep him. At least if you go with a rookie developing A year on the bench when he comes in, he's year two. You've got another three years at least with him to have low cap hit to keep your your roster stronger to actually win it all, you know. Yeah, well, for me, if the Jets are going to
0: bring back White, as you were saying, I'm going to have Zach there, definitely drafting a guy later on. Uh, Like the the only guy I really want later on is Jake Hayner. From uh, Fresno. Dude's the ball I'm not really even
1: talking about later on, Ian. If we want to draft a guy at 13, and sit, why not? Well, like if me. one of the top three or four quarterbacks end up falling Thanks. to us at 13, and we think, yeah, if we could sit him for a year, build a good O-line, and let him come in like where he's uh, got a lot of uh, surrounding okay. talent to help him de- oh, be be develop that after a year of sit- sitting on the bench... I don't right. see why that doesn't work yeah. out well, regardless of whether you pick him at 10th or not. You've got Bryce Young.
0: Bryce Young, I think, is going to go number one. You've got C.J. Stroud.
1: Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud's going to go number two. You've got Will Le- one Levis. Would be if we trade Quinn and Williams to Chicago, like will Chicago get somebody as good as Quinn and Williams for that first overall pick? I doubt it. I don't know. Uh, then you've
0: got you know. Will Levis, Kentucky. He's going to go a top ten as well. And then you're left with Anthony Richardson, which I think is absolute muck. Um after that you know, you've got oh, guys oh, later Stanford.
1: on. The guy from Stanford. would be somebody I might look at in, in the likes of round two for sure. I can't think Tanner of his name off the top of my head. Tanner McKee. That's the guy, yeah. He's he, yeah, I think he's six, got six. a bit of like you know, like but you look at like a. Uh, Again, all these guys about what you think they are going to be, and like, it's all about where you plant the seed. Ian. Like the the fertilizer, like the, the talent around it, always helps develop the the seed better. And some of those guys that we don't like and we rightfully don't like, don't turn out to be good <clears throat> when they go on to a good team. On that, then you kind of know. But there's a lot of teams that are. I suppose not an ideal landing spot for a rookie quarterback in terms of having enough talent around them to develop quickly. But, and That's mostly sort of teams in the top five. Those top five quarterbacks, it's very very rare you actually get a team with a roster around that, Like, you know, picking that high that has that sort of where they come in straight away. Like, you look at Mahomes, he was drafted, I think, Eighth or tenth overall or something like that, and he sat for it, the guts of a year. Um, yeah, I'm thinking there's somebody else as well. If um,
0: you look at, the, off, look at
1: the head coach, the he has. off the Eagles. He was sat for the guts of a year as well. I think he played in the, the last three or four games of the year. Yeah, and he looks to be coming along fine too. So, so anybody we could potentially get a 14 to play quarterback if any of them fell. Yeah, I, I would be okay with taking them there and, and sitting I them over a year and rolling them with two kind of cheap older guys.
0: Well my like for me, I in round one it's offensive tackle. It's either Skaronsky, Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. And then like in round two, it's uh, John Michael Schmidt. I think Schmitz. Schmitz? Schmitz? From uh, Minnesota, or as uh, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia. If that They're the guys I want in round one and two. Uh,
1: I haven't really decided on anybody yet, like in terms of a plan for the draft or what I would really do, as I said, other than if I could get a second for Zach Wilson. I'd trade him if I could get two fourth round picks for Quinn and Williams. I'd trade him and, yeah, like we need, obviously, O-line. We need um, quarterback. Uh, definitely a quarterback to develop. So, well, for yeah, me, whichever fits best of both picks in the first two rounds, that's probably um, the way I'd go and I'd probably add wide receiver the, into the equation if you take out Davis. Yeah,
0: well, I'm
1: for, to be honest now, I wouldn't
0: trade Quinn and Williams because Yes, they are going to have a shitload of cap next year, so they're going to
1: have plenty of cap for Quinn in there. Um, the reason why I would Ian, is because all them guys that are getting paid like Quinn and Williams, uh, watch every single Super Bowl at home like us. So, like, if we want a team to play in it, keeping fellas that off your books seems to be the way to do it.
0: Well, that did Marco. Well, it worked out well for the Rams. They've paid their big, no, their big tackle, their big uh,
1: defensive tackle.
0: They've
1: had guys yeah, they paid guys on fourteen change. million. They paid them fourteen million a year. He, he was a fourteen million cap hit last year when he won it. Just like Jalen Ramsey was a nine million cap hit. This year, the twenty-three million for Ramsey and I think twenty-six and a half for for uh, for Aaron Donald. And they've won five games. And then you've got like,
0: San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, sorry? after winning their first game in the playoffs, they have guys all over the pitch being paid.
1: No, they actually haven't. I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll take, I'll get San Francisco up and, and, and show you. All right, go Maybe on. Maybe McCaffrey, I don't know what way his cap hit walks out. Um. You've got in terms of, uh, sorry? You've got the big, uh, the defensive
0: tackle. You've got their defensive end. Also, yeah. You've got
1: yeah. One second. Yeah,
0: you've got the inside linebacker.
1: Right, this should be interesting. No, I need a sport track for them. Let me see. Yeah, like they have a few good players, but let me have a look. Two thousand and twenty-two. Jimmy, Jimmy, so you have um. So the highest cap hit this year is Jimmy Ward at twelve point nine million. In Jimmy Garoppolo's goes next at twelve point six. Jimmy if Ward Mike is Mike McGlinchey at ten point right. eight. You've got Nick Bosa at ten point eight. Trent Williams nine point six. Uh, Armstead at nine point five. Kittle at seven point three million. Debo Samuel six point eight million. And I'll just go through to just make sure that there's not any big o- One's um, on uh, the um, how Cali- What's the full back? What's the full back? What's the full back? The full back, let me see. Um, Kyle, uh, 3 million, we may as well say, for Kyle Jushak this year. That's a deal. What Kittle did you say? Kittle was 7.3, I think. Called uh, yeah seven point yeah as I say seven point four seven point three eight nine. So picked. as you can see, like uh that's what type of cap hits uh, is required for a good side. They don't have those 25 20, million cap hits like we're planning on giving Quinn and Williams. So if just kind of shows you don't need, need them because, like, you know what I mean? Like you could pay Jimmy Ward, Jimmy Garoppolo. And Nick Bosa, what you could potentially pay Lamar Jackson. And actually, you could add, add in, uh, George Kittle for that too. So, you know what I mean? From the from this 49ers this year, they're getting a lot for £40 million regardless of how you sort of add it up. And, yeah, there's no way you can kind of compete with big, big figures.
0: I didn't know... Juris, the fullback was in the
1: NFL ten years. Yeah, and he's probably the best fullback there is. Sports Social Podcast Network.